All right, welcome to Healing University. My name is Barry Bennett. I'm an instructor here at Karis Bible College. And uh, I am going to be speaking with you in this lesson about the subject of grace, and specifically grace for healing. So I think this is going to be a big blessing for you. Uh, looking forward to sharing some of these truths with you. I have all of my scriptures written out in my notes, and so please uh, bear with me. Uh, but I want to start in Ephesians uh, 1, 7, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. And it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. In Him we have forgiveness, or we have redemption through His blood, which is the forgiveness of sins according to His grace. And so, immediately the subject of sin is being dealt with by grace. We're going to learn what grace is and how to appropriate grace, but we need to first establish that grace does cover the subject of health and healing. All right? So the subject of sin is covered by grace. Redemption, again it says, in him we have redemption. So redemption means forgiveness of sins and health for our bodies. Or in other words, the entire spectrum of man's need has been covered in the subject of redemption. What Jesus did on the cross extended grace for all of man's particular needs, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Peter 2.24 then makes this more clear. It ties it together even more. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, there's the sin issue, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. There's the sickness issue. And so when we talk about redemption and we talk about grace for redemption, we're including the sin issue and the sickness issue. This was explained and, and demonstrated very vividly in the ministry of Jesus in Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 1 and, and following. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 and following talks about a paralytic man. Uh, Jesus was teaching in his house in Capernaum. And some friends brought a paralytic on a cot, on a stretcher. And they couldn't get into the house because of the crowd. And so they found a way up on the roof of the home and they dismantled the ceiling. And they lowered the man through the hole in the roof. And it says, And Jesus, seeing their faith, said, Thy son, son thy sins be forgiven thee. And so he immediately approached the sin issue upon seeing their perseverance and seeing the faith they had to lower this fellow and the faith he had uh, to be lowered uh, through a hole in the roof. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And then the, the Pharisees and other religious leaders got all offended and said, who has authority to forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus went on to say, so that you see that I have authority on earth to forgive sins, watch this. And he turned to the paralytic and he said, rise up, take up your pallet, your, your stretcher, and go home. And he was immediately healed and got up off the ground and took his cot and off he went. The, the significance is, is profound in this because Jesus is demonstrating that the same grace that forgave this man, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. He didn't even ask for forgiveness, but there was grace for forgiveness. And then the same grace that forgave him freed him from his physical bondage. Take up your pallet and go home. Or in other words, the sin issue was one thing, which when dealt with, also dealt with the sickness issue. And we find this over and over again throughout Scripture, 
that when we deal with the root of sin and we step into his grace of righteousness, of forgiveness, of the new creation, we step into that by faith in his grace, that included in that package is also healing for our bodies. It is a grace issue. Uh, this is this tremendous truth because it can take some of the pressure off some of us that feel like we have to do something or be a certain way in order to receive from Jesus. The same grace that forgave his sins released his healing. Now I want to read to you out of uh, Matthew 14, 14. Matthew 14, 14. It says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Wow. It says he was moved with compassion, or the love of God within him. He was moved with that compassion, and he healed their sick. He saw a great multitude. Here's what he didn't do. He didn't have a, he a pre-healing interview for each one of those of the multitude. He didn't ask them, why are you sick? He didn't condemn them or put a guilt trip on them. He didn't discover if it was their fault or not their fault or whose fault was it. None of this took place. He simply had compassion and healed their sick. That's called grace. That's called grace. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And so the same grace that healed the multitude in Jesus' day is available to us. The same grace that forgave the, the paralytic of his sins is available to us. And then by extension, that released him from his physical bondage. That same grace is available to us today. And this is a powerful truth. So before I develop more the, the situation about grace and what grace is and how grace can impact our lives, I want to ask the question, uh, why are we sick? Why are we sick? Because I think we need to have some integrity in this, this issue and be transparent and understand where sicknesses come from. All right? Now, why was Israel sick? Multitudes in Israel were sick. They were dealing with problems. And yet when you study the law, you'll find that there was provision in the law for those who were sick. There was healing provision. There were sacrifices that could be made. There were different kinds of things that could take place with the priests and what have you. And so sickness was not supposed to be in Israel, not supposed to be part of the Jewish-Israel uh, experience. And yet multitudes were sick when Jesus walked the earth. The only thing you can, conclu can, can conclude is that they were lawbreakers because sickness in Israel was a consequence of breaking the law of Moses. The law of Moses established behavior for blessings and bad behavior brings curses. And within the realm of curses... Sickness was in that realm. And so when multitudes came to Jesus for healing, he could have said, you're a lawbreaker, you're a lawbreaker, you're a lawbreaker, you're a lawbreaker. Why should I heal you? Prove to me you're worthy of being healed. Or some other thing along those lines. And yet he didn't do any of that. He knew why they were sick. They were sick because they had broken the law. God's law. And yet it says he had compassion and healed their sick. That's grace. That is grace. Okay? But now, why are we sick? Let's think about sickness for a second. Why do we get sick in this day and age? If you go back through history and you study 
we can call it the history of sickness, so to speak. Uh, we'll find plagues, great plagues in, in past centuries that wiped out even millions of people. Plagues. And so people were sick and dying because of incredible plagues that spread the earth and knocked out hundreds of thousands, even millions of people at certain periods of our history. We can then move forward a little bit to where the plagues were somewhat no longer happening. And we can find infectious diseases. And you can, it's similar to plagues, but not, maybe not quite on that same scale. That people would get sick because of infections that were passed from one to the other. And so we have great numbers of infectious diseases spreading around the earth. A great many of which today have been eliminated through medical science. Uh, we don't have nearly the same infectious disease death rate as in past centuries. But that would be another reason why people would be sick. When we move past that, we're not under the law, so obviously it's not the law breaking that is making us sick. And as Gentiles, and most of us probably in this class would be considered Gentiles, biblically speaking, uh, we were never under the law to begin with. And so the law really is not why we're sick. Breaking the law is not why we're sick. And so we're not sick because of law breaking, and we're not sick because of plagues. We're not sick because of infectious diseases most of the time. And yet the American culture is incredibly sick. Other Western cultures as well. Many, many health issues. So why are we sick? And you have to come to the conclusion is that we're sick because of the way we live. We're sick because of the food we eat. We're sick because of, of uh, the lifestyles we have chosen. We're sick because of other issues, stress, anxiety, these kinds of things in our society. And so, to be honest, before we move into grace, we need to discover, are we sick because of the way we're living? And I think we would have to say yes, that most of the American medical issues are due to lifestyle choices and diet and stress. All right, probably these issues are being covered in other, in other lessons. I, I have a saying that I, I think helps a little bit, but it, the American diet is to the medical establishment what gambling is to Las Vegas. You know, it's supposed to be a little bit funny, but the American diet supports the American medical establishment like gambling supports Las Vegas. The American diet is a cash cow. The American diet is making us spend billions of dollars on health issues. And so the medical, medical establishment, and I'm not putting them down, I'm just saying they are being made wealthy because of how we eat and how we live and the kind of stress we have in our lives. So that has to be taken into consideration when we talk about health. 3 John 2, the book of 3 John, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And so now we've related our health not only to what we eat, but also to the condition of our soul, our emotions, our relationships, uh, our thought life. Those things also play a part in why we're sick. And so we've got to be honest uh, when we're approaching this subject that I may be the reason I'm sick. I may have accepted too much stress. I may be eating too many Twinkies and drinking too many Cokes. And, and uh, I may have a, a lifestyle that indulges some other bad habits or what have you. 
And so I may be the reason that I'm sick. Now, I'm not going to negate grace. We're going to talk, talk about grace. But if there's something that we can do to make a change, then I think we're responsible. We should be willing to do that to invest in ourselves and harvest the health that God has for us. So as our soul prospers, is your soul prospering? Are you prospering emotionally and mentally? And so that's going to impact your physical health as well. In Ephesians 1.17, Ephesians 1.17, Paul is praying, and he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I like that because there's something called a spirit of wisdom. A spirit of wisdom is going to be the wisdom of God. Now it goes on to be more precise and say in the knowledge of him. But the more that we have wisdom in the knowledge of God, the more we're going to have wisdom for how we should be living. And Paul was praying this for the Ephesians. And by extension, that is a prayer that we can all, uh, we can all pray for ourselves and for each other. Is that there is something called a spirit of wisdom. And so if we're talking about health, are we walking in wisdom in, realm, in the realm of our, of our health and what we eat, how we live, those kinds of things? Are we walking in wisdom? 1 Corinthians one twenty four. 1 Corinthians one twenty four. Paul says, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now, a lot of us are wanting power, but we're not wanting wisdom. Or we'll, let me put it differently. We're wanting the power of God to heal us, but we're not choosing the wisdom of God to walk in health. We're wanting to live the way we want to live, but we want God to heal us when we need healing. All right? So you're, you might be asking yourself, well, I thought this was about grace. We're getting to that. But we've got to be honest that the power of God and the wisdom of God come together. They should come together in our lives. And if the Holy Spirit quickens me and tells me that, Barry, you shouldn't be eating this way, or you shouldn't be living this way, or you need to back off from all of this pressure and stress, then I'm going to do that because I know that ultimately that is going to impact my body. So the spirit of wisdom and the wisdom of God. So it's not just the power of God that we need. A lot of us, if we would just invest some time in changing the way we live, we wouldn't need a miracle. Our body would just get better because we're, we need to feed it what it needs, the nutrients, the vitamins that it needs. We need to, to live in harmony with those around us. All of those things have something to do with health. And those are all still grace issues. You have grace to be wise. You have grace to be forgiving. You have grace to be loving. You have grace to live in harmony uh, with the Spirit of God in your soul, prosper in your soul. All of these are grace issues. And if we're not accessing the grace of God in terms of what we eat, then we're bringing on the problem ourselves. And that's, that's what I see when I look at, especially the Western culture, the American culture. I see so many sick Americans. The church is full of sick members, sick Christians. And it's not breaking the law, and it's not... Uh, plagues, and it's not infectious diseases usually. It's usually diet and stress and lifestyle choices, smoking, drinking, drugs, what have you, 
Those are the things that are making us sick. And so the spirit of wisdom is just as important as a grace miracle for healing and health. Amen? All right. It says in Proverbs 16.22. Proverbs 16.22 says, Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it. Understanding, or the spirit of wisdom, is a wellspring of life to him who has it. So the more understanding you have, the more wisdom you walk in, that is going to be health to your flesh. That is going to be life in your body. The more you walk in ignorance and the more you choose to not be wise in your lifestyle choices, uh, you're going to suffer in the, in the area of health. So all of these things work together. All right? So now... Uh, with all of that, I kind of I had to get that get through that because I want to be transparent and I want to be honest in this subject. We're going to move into grace, but I, again I reiterate there is grace for the wisdom of God in your life. Okay, but apart from that, now we're going to move into a different aspect of grace. All right, so He had compassion on the multitudes, and He healed their sick. So what does that mean for us? Well, let's, let's talk about grace. So go, go with me, if you will, to Titus 2.11. Titus 2.11. And it says, Paul says to Titus, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation. Okay, so we're going to talk about that word. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Or whatever grace is, and we're about to define it, whatever grace is, it brings salvation, whatever that means, to all men. So we have grace, salvation, all men. So there's, this is a very inclusive verse. So the grace of God brings salvation. The word salvation in the Greek here is the word soterion, S-O-T-E-R-I-O-N, soterion. And it comes from the root word Soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. That word, salvation, means salvation, which we would consider forgiveness of sins or eternal life, health and deliverance. All right, let's back up. The grace of God that brings forgiveness, health, and deliverance has appeared to all men. Praise God. The grace of God that brings forgiveness, health, and deliverance has appeared to all men. And so now grace, what is grace? Because whatever it is, it is, it is bringing this package of forgiveness, eternal life, righteousness, and we could develop that subject, and health and healing to all men, and deliverance to all men. That sounds like a deal to me. What is grace? This is my definition based on many, many years of study of the subject of grace in the Word of God. But to put it as concisely as I can, the grace of God is His provision for every need you have, spirit, soul, and body. Every need every human on this earth has, has been covered or been provided for by the grace of God. Grace, we could call it the raw material of every promise, everything you need spiritually, everything you need emotionally, mentally, in your soul, 
The grace of God for your body, the grace of God for your relationships, the grace of God for your resources. Everything you need to accomplish God's call upon your life exists. It's here. It's called grace. And I think of grace as raw material. It is everything I need. Now, what I do with it is up to me. But if we were to call the grace of God the promises of God, which is a very good analogy, all of the promises of God are what? Second Corinthians one twenty says all the promises of God are yes and amen, meaning they never go out of style. They never uh, run out of. There's no expiration date on the promises of God. The promises of God are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We could say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's grace. So every need that I have, there is some provision for that need that already exists and has appeared to all men. And in that grace or in that raw material of life is something for your health. There is grace for your health. There is grace for healing. Amen. Matthew 10 verse 8. Matthew 10 verse 8 says, uh, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. And he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's the grace of God commissioned to the disciples to take the gospel. To take the gospel to the hurting people of Israel. And he says, freely you have received, there's grace, Freely give, that's the extension of or the multiplication of grace to other people. I like the word freely. That the grace of God that has appeared to all men has been given to us freely. It has been poured out on us in abundance. It says in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. What's that power? That power is very simply believing in the grace. In in reverse, people that struggle with this don't believe in grace. Or in other words, they don't believe God is that good. They can't believe that God is that good. And yet the scripture says that he has, if he's given us Jesus, will he not with him also freely give us all things. Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8. He will freely give us all things or has freely given us all things. He's given us his promises, his covenant. This is the grace of God. And so when we begin to understand freely we have received, freely give, it's not only us being able to receive the healing that we need. We can also be agents of healing for other people. And the same word that brings health and healing to our bodies can come through us and bless and heal other people. That's how grace works. There's more than enough for you. There's more than enough for me. There's more than enough for everyone in the world. And you can multiply by a thousand the number of people in the world or any number you want and make the population of the world 12 billion, 50 billion, 100 billion. There's grace for every single person to be forgiven, to have eternal life, to be a new creation, to be healed, to be delivered from all bondage.
There's grace for all of us. This is powerful. So, when we talk about our physical needs, there's there's grace. There's provision for you right now where you sit, whatever you're going through. Be convinced. If I can't convince you, go to the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's even better. Father, show me that there is provision for me. Show me there is provision. I had a very interesting experience happen when I was a a missionary pastor in Santiago, Chile, many years ago. And a woman came to our church. Many people used to come to our church that uh, knew that I taught healing and faith and these things. And so she came and she was from a Catholic background and came to the church and she had just been diagnosed with bone cancer. And that's, if you're not familiar, that's not a good diagnosis. And so she came, obviously, seeking healing because she had heard about our church. And she came up to me after the service and explained this to me. And I said, at that particular point in time, I did not feel the, the, the quickening of the spirit to pray for her right that moment. I just didn't sense there was, we were on the same page. And so I happened to have a book with me uh, in Spanish by T.L. Osborne called Healing the Sick. One of the super great book on healing, Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. And so I gave her the Spanish version of that book. And I said, go home and read this and then come back and tell me what you think. And so she went back home and read the book and came back a week or two later. I don't remember all the time frames here. And she said, and I said, did you read the book? She said, yes, I did. She says, I, I believe it. this book is tremendous. This really, now I understand all about healing. And I said, do you believe then that, that God is, is healing you and that, you know, 2,000 years ago he healed you? Yes, I believe it. Okay, let me pray with you. And so I prayed with her. There were no lightning bolts. There were no stars in the sky. There was nothing going on. I didn't feel anything. She said, thank you. She went home. She came back, and I forget again the, the time sequence. But several weeks later, she had returned to the doctor and come to tell me that they had done more tests on her and she was completely free from any cancer in her body. There was no more bone cancer. And the healing was so tremendous that her eyes went 20-20. <laughs> Folks, that's grace. And I didn't feel a thing when I prayed for her. But she believed, I believed, and there was grace for her. This is so powerful that people's lives can be touched by the grace of God. Now, my point, one of my points in this story is that she wasn't a giant of faith, we can say. She wasn't well-versed in Scripture, wasn't well-taught. She was from a Catholic background. She was someone in need who believed that God was that good. That's all there was to it. She just simply believed that God was that good. Now, it wasn't just believing with her head. Faith is not mental. Faith is spiritual, but something was quickened inside of her heart, her spirit man, and she believed. And the grace of God healed her freely she received. Praise God. And so this is, when we talk about grace, my heart in this message is to encourage you that I don't care if it's your fault or not your fault. I don't care why you're sick. It doesn't matter. There is grace for you. You may have been eating Twinkies and potato chips for 40 years. There is grace for you. You may have been smoking for 20 years. There is grace for you. 
You may have done some other things you shouldn't have done. Folks, if there's grace to forgive you, then that grace to forgive you is the grace to heal you. And you can receive if you can believe he's that good. That's where a lot of, some people stumble. They just can't get past their own guilt, their own condemnation, or what they think they should do first. Now, what did the people in Jesus' day do? They just went to him. If they had heard that he was out there putting guilt trips on them, if they had heard that he was asking them questions and, and making them feel bad, they wouldn't be seeking him in the wilderness. They wouldn't be running out there by the droves to find him if they knew it was going to be a negative experience. But they knew that he was good. That's all they had faith in was his goodness. And they found their way to Jesus, and he freely healed them. He had compassion on them. There was grace for them. Let's read some more verses. Romans 5.20. Romans 5.20 says, But where sin abounded... Grace abounded much more. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Or in other words, what's being established is grace is more powerful than all the sin that's ever abounded. There's more, more than enough grace for that. But we've already established in the first five minutes of the lesson that sin and sickness go together. So where sin abounded, you could change the word to where sickness abounded. And Jesus demonstrated this when the multitudes came to him. Where sickness abounded, grace abounded much more. Praise God. Hope you're getting encouraged. Where sickness abounds, there's more than enough grace. There's more than enough grace to deal with whatever guilt trip you might be on. If it's your fault, who cares right now? There is grace for you. Now, what I shared with you about the spirit of wisdom and recognizing where it comes from, that is a key to staying healthy. But let's not get, I mean, that's important. But there's grace for you right now. There's grace for you right now. All right? So where sickness abounds, grace abounds. Acts 14, verse 3. Acts 14, verse 3. Speaking of Paul on his first missionary journey, it says, Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace. He was bearing witness to the word of his grace or his goodness, his provision, his love, his compassion. He was going to bear witness because Paul was preaching the grace of God. And so God's going to bear witness. It says he was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Or in other words, they were healing sick people based upon God being excited about the fact that the grace of God was being preached. Or how good God is. And when we preach how good God is, signs and wonders follow because that is the manifestation of his goodness. The trick is getting people to believe he's that good. I get all kinds of resistance when I teach healing in different places where I go and, and the way I write and things like that. Uh, people will, will want to contradict and debate and all of this because why? They don't believe God's that good. They've created a God that fits in a certain box and healing's not in that box. And so that's where they have lost out on the grace of God. They don't understand the power of his grace. In John 1.17, John 1.17 says, The law was given through Moses. 
But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law. Now, if you go to Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to read this with you. Deuteronomy 28, and I'm going to read from 58, and I'll go back and explain the verse in John that I just read. Deuteronomy 28, 58 says, If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. If you don't obey what I've, the commandments I've given you, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Or in other words, they were under a behavior covenant. They weren't born again. And so their covenant was one of behavior. They agreed to this covenant in Exodus 24. All the Lord says we will do. So they had signed the dotted line that if they behaved well, they would be blessed. And if they didn't, they would be cursed. That was their covenant. It's not our covenant, praise God. But I want to make a point here. So moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt, which you were afraid of, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. Pretty serious covenant. Praise God, that's not ours. But here's the thing. When you broke the law, you were exposed to all the diseases of Egypt and anything that's not written in the book of, of the law, any particular disease or sickness, all of those were, you were fair game if you broke the law. Going back to John, it says, for the law was given through Moses and the law included the curse of sickness if you broke the law. And it says, but grace and truth came through Jesus, came through Jesus Christ. Grace, provision for every need you have, spirit, soul, and body, came through Jesus. And truth, what does truth do? John 8, 31, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth will set you free. That's the spirit of wisdom we talked about. In the knowledge of God, that will set you free from so much superstition and baloney and guilt. And the grace of God is sufficient to heal you. We're not under the law. They were under the law. Israel was under the law, but we're not under the law. But Jesus came full of grace, provision for every need you have, and truth to set you free. This is powerful, powerful stuff. Faith plugs into grace. But faith must first believe that grace even exists. And this is, in our religious minds today, many, many people just say, well, I just, I just can't believe that. I just don't believe healing is for everybody. I don't believe God wants everybody well. I just think God picks and chooses who he wants. Well, I read you the verse in Titus that says, the grace of God, which brings forgiveness, healing, and deliverance, has appeared to all men. Not just a few, all men. You can't put it back in the bag. You can't put it back in a box. The grace of God is out. It's in the universe. It's in the world. It's in this earth. It's in, it's, it's here. You can't shove it away somewhere. The grace of God that brings healing has appeared to all men. The law brought the curse. Maybe our lifestyle has created our sickness. Maybe our diet has created our sickness. Maybe we're not wise. 
maybe a lot of different things. We could put a lot of things into the maybe category of why we're sick. The point is, there's grace for you. And yes, God is that good. He is that good. Some of you are getting this right now, and the light's coming on, that God loves you that much and more than you could ever imagine. And that's his grace, the grace of God's love, setting you free, truth setting you free. And your body will respond to the grace that you can see in the Spirit. The more grace you see in the Spirit, by, by the Spirit of God, the more you can get. It's out there, but many times we block it with our unbelief. In Acts 5.16, Acts 5.16, we have an interesting verse. Jesus has already died, risen from the dead, gone to heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. And now the church is on its own. And so the first church was the church in Jerusalem. It was born on the day of Pentecost. All right, so we have the first church. And in Israel, we still have multitudes that were sick. Jesus didn't get to all of them, and they all didn't get to Jesus. So there's still multitudes of people that are sick in in the regions of Israel. It says in Acts 5.16, Acts 5.16, it says, Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to, uh, to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Every single sick person that came from the regions of Israel into the church of Jerusalem, every single one got healed, and Jesus, will say physically, wasn't even there. Now in the spirit, obviously he's there. But the part of this that I, I like is that there was grace for every single person that came into that church. There, there were no pre-healing interviews. There was no questionnaire to fill out. There were no debates. There was nothing, well, tell me what you did wrong. None of this guilt trip stuff. There was grace. It's interesting that uh, in the case of the woman with the issue of blood, and hopefully you're familiar with that story in Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood that came up behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment, it said she had spent all her money on doctors. And had got nothing from it. And this isn't, I'm not talking about doctors right now. I'm just, in her case, she had spent all her money on doctors. And was nothing bettered, not improved a bit. And she went to Jesus and said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. She came up behind him because she's unclean. And if she's unclean, she shouldn't even be in public. And if she touches him, then he becomes unclean. And so she doesn't even want him to see her. So she comes up behind and touches the hem of his garment. And the power, the yes and amen, the virtue of God comes through him, through his clothes, into her, and she is instantly healed. And he turns around and and says, who touched me? All kinds of people are bumping into him, but somebody touched him with purpose. Somebody touched him with faith. And yes and amen came out of him. And he said, who touched me? And then she stood there and told him that it was her. Jesus didn't say, wait a minute, hold on. You mean you've been to doctors? 
You went to the doc- you spent all your money on doctors and now you're coming to me? I'm plan B? He didn't put a guilt trip on her. He didn't care if she went to doctors. Don't put a guilt trip on yourself. Don't put a guilt trip, don't come under condemnation because you haven't gone about this the so-called right way. The right way is the way that I'm sharing with you right now. Whatever you've done in the past, that's past. There's grace for you right now. She touched the hem of his garment, having spent all her money on doctors. And there was grace for her. There's grace for you right now. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's read uh, Romans 5.2. Romans 5.2. It says, Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We have access by faith into the grace that makes provision for every need that I have, spirit, soul, and body. How do I get in there? By faith. Faith in what? Faith that he's that good. Faith that God is so good that you can't imagine how much he wants you healed and what he went through to provide healing for you. So don't let guilt or unbelief or fear or thinking you have to do something or you're not righteous enough. Don't let anything get in your way of believing how good God is. You get into the grace of his provision by believing he's that good. Faith takes you into grace. We know that faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. And it's not talking about just hearing with your ears. A lot of people hear, but they don't hear. It's hearing with your heart. With the heart. Romans 10, 10. With the heart, man believes. With the heart. You need to hear with your heart. What you hear with your heart releases grace. Faith is born. I'll I'll repeat that. What you hear with your heart gives birth to faith or activates faith that's in you. It activates the faith in you. And by that faith, you just step over into the grace of God. If you hear how good God is and you don't just hear it here, but you hear it in your heart, then faith comes alive and you step over into the goodness of God, the exceedingly abundant more than you can ask or think, grace of God. The yes and amen, grace of God. You've got to hear it. You've got to hear it in your spirit, man. You've got to hear it in your heart. I have something I I even wrote just today, that the word of God is the seed that carries the grace of healing within it. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says that the the word is health to our flesh. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. The word of God is health to our flesh. The word of God is the seed, the incorruptible seed that carries the grace of healing. The grace of forgiveness. The grace of, of freedom. All of the different things that we need. The word of God is the seed. If you will receive the word of God... Not just mentally, spiritually. Soak in it, meditate on it, think about it, pray over it. The word of God is the seed that carries the grace that you're looking for. It's a full package. And when you receive the word of God, and it finds a place in your heart, and it goes off inside, you say, oh, now I see it. 
You're just one step away from receiving. The minute you minute your faith is activated, you step over into the grace of God, and then the seed goes to work, and your flesh starts to take on the image of the grace within. Oh, praise the Lord. This is good stuff. All right. So there was grace for the woman with the issue of blood. There was grace for the centurion in Matthew 8 that said, My servant lies at home, but I'm not worthy. Just say the word. There was grace for him, even though he didn't think he was worthy. There was still grace. There was grace to the Gentile woman who was considered in Jewish culture, she was considered a dog. A Gentile woman, she was like a dog. There was grace for her. Grace for her. Her faith transcended her cultural position. She believed he was that good. And there was grace for her and grace for her daughter. There was grace for the woman that was bent over for 18 years. And the law, the Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees and the religious leaders, they didn't have anything for her. But God, Jesus called her to the front of the synagogue, called her a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of covenant. And there was grace for her, instantly healed. Man, I mean, this is how Jesus ministered. He ministered by grace and people sensed his compassion and his goodness, and freely he was giving, and that drew the multitudes. And they came to him, and they received what they needed. Romans 5.17 says, But if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Christ Jesus, or one Jesus Christ. When you learn to receive grace, you begin to reign in life. Or in other words, your authority in life is by grace. You can win over every battle with the enemy by grace. You will be walking in victory by grace. If you would learn to receive the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, you will reign in life and you will reign over your body. Nothing can withstand the grace of God if you believe in the grace of God and believe that he is that good. Romans 5.21, Romans 5.21 says, So that as sin reigned in death, so there you have the sin problem and the sickness slash death problem. As sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness. Grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope this is coming across. That the secret power of the Christian is the grace of God that has made provision for every need you have, spirit, soul, and body. And as Jesus had compassion on the multitudes, he hasn't changed. He still has compassion on you. And he is that good. And if you would believe that he's that good and believe in that grace, you could step over into the dimension of the grace of God and your body will begin to respond. It could be instantaneous like the woman with the bone cancer, or it could be a process, but your body is going to have to submit to what you are submitted to in your heart. And if you're submitted to the grace of God and truly believe there's provision, your body is going to accommodate that and reflect that physically. Amen. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, sickness shouldn't have dominion over you either. Sin and sickness should not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law, but under grace. 
That's Romans 6.14. Sickness should not have dominion because you are under grace. Grace and sickness don't go together. Grace should take over and eliminate sickness in your body. Paul always wrote in his letters, when he started his letters or at the end, grace and peace to you. Grace and peace. Folks, you can't live in peace if you're sick. Now, you can fake yourself out and say you have peace, but to be honest, you'd rather not be sick. True peace can only come with grace. Healing is in grace. Grace carries healing within it. And any other issue of your life, if you would learn to believe and meditate on this until the light goes off inside, that He is that good, the grace of God will transform you spirit, soul, and body. I want to pray for you before we close this session. So if you just close your eyes with me. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I pray for everyone watching, everyone that this lesson touches, that we would all have a deeper, more profound revelation of how good you are and of how much you have poured out upon us and for us everything we need to live a victorious, healthy life. There is grace for us. And I pray right now, just not knowing anyone watching not knowing why they're sick, not caring. I just pray grace. I speak grace to you right now. Grace to your affliction. Grace to the pain. Grace to the, whatever the doctor's diagnosis is. Grace to the symptom. I speak healing now, healing grace to everyone watching that you would receive the grace of God and believe that you're receiving it. And as you believe you're receiving his goodness, believe your body is being healed. And if you will stand in that grace, your body will respond. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your precious promises. We give you all the praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Got too close. It touched. <laughs> Sorry about that. Amen. Amen. Well, this is hard. I wonder how come he was the one that got the hard job. <laughs> the hard job? Yeah, because he that? came out talking about, you know, the diet and all of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was a couple times I was going, get off me, bear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. He's meddling, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I thought, how many hours did he pray over this? Right, yeah, yeah. But it's like Dusty had said right before this one started, though, you know, sometimes it is stuff that we may be doing. We may be doing. And um, I've I've had to learn that a few times the hard way. (laughs) But but God is still good. And you know, and His grace is still there. It's sufficient. Yeah, it's still there. We just have to believe it. Yeah. But you know, it says that, what is it? It says about, uh, oh heck, about stress will mess up the bones or. Mm -hmm. Proverbs, something is this in Proverbs, I think, yeah. The health of the bones or something like that. Yeah. I think that's very true. Yeah. I think that holding 
grudges against people and mm -hmm. holding uh, harboring unforgiveness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a uh, broken spirit dries, dries the bones. Dries the bones. Yeah. Dries the bones. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's as we walk in that freedom. The more freedom we walk in, the freer we are. I mean, sickness, whether it's sickness or bondage or stress or anything. Um, I mean, Paul and Silas chose to praise in a prison. Right. You know, yes. we can we can choose to praise in whatever may be trying to attack us, and um, and just continue to walk in that freedom and know that, you know. I'm, I'm free. Sickness has no place in me. That's right. And, and I loved what he said about, um, you know, get over your past is your past. Today's a new day. You know, to it, get over your past and walk in that freedom today, um, because we don't have, we don't have to, you know. Yeah, I feel so. like that. You know, God is the thing that kept coming up in my spirit was. God is better than my circumstance. Yes. Yes. And so your circumstance can be something that you did to yourself or sure. somebody did to you. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, if if it's true that you could commit a crime, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, mm -hmm. and you could be put in jail, and God could, like, release Paul and Silas, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that whatever those circumstances are that put you in that prison mm -hmm. and you just believe mm -hmm. that God is better than the circumstance. Mm -hmm. God is better than what I did to myself. Yeah. Right? I mean, if, if, if I'm sick because of something I did, then that just speaks to me because, you know, we, we always do something to ourselves. A lot of times mm -hmm. we're our own worst enemy <laughs> and and a lot of times we we like he said don't have guilt yeah. over those things just move forward go yeah. take the the time you know to to say lord you're better than than my circumstance yeah that's good i, I feel like that that what he said about you know not allowing because i think two people will say i'm not going to i'm not going to believe god for healing because I do feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I feel like I did this to myself, or mm -hmm. I feel like I don't deserve it yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And that could be the enemy. You think it's your own thoughts, but that could be the enemy yeah. speaking those thoughts, planting those words, planting those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know. It's like Hagen said, you know, a, a bird can fly over your head, but don't let it nest in your hair. Yeah. Well, you know, the enemy's going to throw darts <laughs> of thoughts towards you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, go eat that other piece of pie. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> go, go do this, go do that. And, and the thing is, is that we go, okay, well, I let it nest in my hair a little too long. Right. right? Um, yeah. But, you know, those are the kind of things that you say, okay, well, Lord, help me clean the nest up. Yeah. We're going to move forward from here. Yeah. Take those thoughts, Captain. Take those Cast thoughts. them down. Cast yep. down. Cast down those negative thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how this whole series has started out with the love of God. 
And now we've moved into the goodness of God. And that is so foundational, I believe, because the Word says faith works by love. Amen. And it works by God's love to us. Absolutely. We live in a day and time where God is considered hate speech. The Bible is considered hate speech. But we're not of this world, praise God. Praise God we're not of this world. Yes, we are kingdom people. Yeah. But, um, Susan, I have a testimony. Yes, ma'am. Since I've been coming to Healing School, the Lord healed my toe. I've been having problems. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. Glory. Amen. 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 And I know different, I know people have reasons why they're not coming, but this is a message that burns in my heart to get out to everybody (laughs) because of that right there. Yes. Because of that right there. And because of your story. And and just knowing that when they know the love of God mm-hmm. and the goodness of God and how He's provided our healing, it changes it changes the way you live, but it also changes your whole you know, your whole life. It can change your whole life. Because everything is wrapped up in Jesus. Our prosperity, our healing, our deliverance, anything that we need, God has provided. And and I used to think faith was a struggle. Faith is not a struggle. We've already been given faith. We tap into that faith when we begin to let our heart, like Daniel said, let our hearts understand and let that let our hearts receive that goodness <coughs> of God and how good God is. I love it. Amen. I love Absolutely. it. We just got to get our heads out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. Amen. That's it. Because that's where the enemy, mm-hmm. the battlefield is in the mind. I got up this mm-hmm. morning and my knee. And this one spot here, it hurt so bad. And I was walking around the house and I changed shoes about ten times. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, it's like, okay, this shoe, this because of this shoe that my foot's hurt. Anyway, I walked in the mornings. I've started walking. Yeah, so awesome. I'd about talk myself out of going walking because my knee was hurting. And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And I put those comfortable shoes on that I ha- as I have, and I went out the door. But you know, my knee did not hurt when I came back from walking. Well, praise God. At yeah. All. yeah. The pain was gone. That's awesome. So That is so good. So good. You know, Andrew Wolfe tells good. the story He's a little extreme about some of his faith stories, but he was running through his property one time and he fell down the hill and he was tumbling yeah. and doing all this stuff. And he said, my leg was turned sideways. It was broken. And he goes, I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to keep running. And he gets up and he's running and he's like, ah, 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 ah. And he said, by the time he got through the end of the running, he said his, his leg was fine. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Sometimes we just gotta keep moving. Just keep know? going. But, yeah. But I mean, you know, there's a there's a point where you go, okay, I, I'm I need to, you know, I may need to say, okay, what can I do today? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Andrew may be a little extreme where his legs broken, and he's like, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna keep running. Yeah. But yeah. you know, heck, if you can, if you can walk, if yeah. you can 
you know, whatever it is, ride a bike, do whatever it is, if that's what you're believing God for, you know, take the step of faith, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to run in faith. Right. Straight out, so. Yeah, that's true. I had this finger, I was, it was like, what they call it, um, I don't can't think of the name of it. Anyway, I could not snap my fingers. And also, sometimes it's just a painful. And as a teacher writing on the board, sometimes sure. I just drop the marker out of my hand. It was jammed? Like, like the joint was jammed? Something. I, I, I never I had never had my doctor that I get, did go to, and I told him about it. He says, you need to go to a hand specialist. My sister had surgery on her finger. Mm-hmm. Carpal tunnel? Yeah, well, no, not carpal tunnel. Um, Trigger, trigger fingers? Trigger. Yeah, trigger fingers. finger, yeah. I've heard Anyway, that. but but Andrew always says, or Andrew, do what you couldn't do or whatever. Yeah. So I would try to snap my fingers on and I'm That's just smart. I I believe God, but it took a while, but Praise God. I hear you snapping that finger. Yeah, <laughs> gotta, gotta be able to snap your fingers if you're a teacher now. <laughs> That's good. It doesn't hurt either. That's praise God. Praise God. That's that's important. (laughs) You know, pain can be deceiving at times. I have learned through all of this. I used to just take pain. Oh, I need to sit down. Let me take a time off. But you know, I think Satan uses body pains. I think he tries to control us with it. Mm Because my first thought when my knee was hurting was, I need to go get my chair, put my feet up, and rest my knee today. Because I walked yesterday. Mm -hmm. Well, I walked further today than I did yesterday. Yeah. And still, um, and while we were sitting here talking a while ago, my yeah. watch told me that I had made all my, because I, I go, I try to close my rings on my watch. Mm-hmm. And um, I had made all my little things for this month already. Oh, wow. it's, which I worked toward them, sure. but I've never finished it in the middle of the month before. Oh. It's about the last day of the month that I barely got it over. Yeah. Exercise is good. Pain is is something Satan uses against us. I believe that. I do. I do. He beats me with them a lot. Take that, that's <laughs> you know, right. You take that authority over him. When, whenever you go, in the name of Jesus, Satan, I'm just going to keep going. I will keep on walking. <laughs> makes me yeah. sad. Yeah, it makes me sad. That's not a kid that's full. Give the devil a black eye. That's right. That's right. Sock him in the nose. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Anybody need prayer tonight? Or anything? Thunder? I think so. Might be thunder. No, it's just being right here on 31. Oh, <laughs> that could be that. <laughs>